Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining the podcast today. I had uh, some extra time traveling to Sarasota to attend a mediation for a client, and I thought, what a better way to use my time than to, or what better way, I should say, to use my time than to give some information out about our world involving injuries and accidents, insurance, and the like. There's so much to cover and so many different subjects that I've had a hard time breaking down how I really want to share this information with everybody. But I think maybe basically the way to start would be to discuss just general auto insurance because I think a lot of people don't really have the information or education to understand the coverages they purchase. And honestly, they're not really helped out a lot by the people that sell them the insurance, namely the insurance companies and the insurance agents. In fact, at this point, we simply go online and click a couple buttons and next thing you know, you have insurance. But most people, unfortunately, don't really understand what the insurance covers or doesn't cover. And so I think starting this way with some information about insurance coverage would be a great way to start the dialogue. With that being said, I'm going to go on to the next section here to talk about basic auto insurance coverages. So let's begin with auto insurance in general. Auto insurance, as we all know, can be purchased by many of the large insurance carriers. We know the names, Geico, Allstate, Progressive, State Farm, Safeco, uh, Auto Owners, Amica. They go on and on. And there's many of them, and to be honest, the product sincerely is the same. Uh, Bodily injury coverage, property damage coverage is all the same. This is the same product. What you're really purchasing is the service. Uh, What type of service are you going to get if you're involved in an accident? Will they be receptive? Will they be reasonable in the resolution of your claim? Um, How quick are they? How efficient? All these things are really what you're purchasing. The product, like I said, the different coverages, these are all fungible, if you will. They're the same same, same product. The service is key. So in purchasing insurance, the reason we mostly want to buy it is to protect ourselves. And we want to protect ourselves if, unfortunately, we hurt somebody else. That's usually caused by some negligent act. We're driving down the road, not paying attention, and even texting, possibly. And so if we cause this accident and we hurt somebody or damage their property, we want to make sure that we aren't going to be pursued personally. So what we purchase for injuries, and many of you should have this coverage, hopefully all of you do, but if you don't, you'll want to look at your policy. Bodily injury liability coverage. This is key, and I can tell you that, unfortunately, under Florida law, it's not a required coverage. That's right. You heard me correctly. Bodily injury liability coverage is not required by Florida law. So what that means to all of us driving out there is that, guess what? There's people who have insurance on their car or whatever they're operating, but they don't have liability insurance if they injure you. And yes, it's kind of mind-blowing, really, because there is a requirement to carry property damage coverage if they damage your car or some other property that... Uh, is affected but no if you're injured and someone doesn't carry bodily injury coverage then there is not going to be any coverage to protect you from their policy so there are ways to protect 
you and your family, and we're going to talk about that. I'll kind of throw it out there. It's called uninsured motorist coverage, but we'll get to that in just a moment. The next coverage, uh, in order to protect ourselves, like we talked about just a second ago, is property damage. So under Florida law, you are required to purchase property damage coverage. So let's talk about property damage. Property damage is purchased in Florida, at least, in the minimum amount of $10,000. So simply stated, you cause an accident, you damage someone else's car, and their damage is $10,000 or less, you're gonna be fine. That's gonna be covered and you have nothing to worry about. The insurance company that you've paid premium to will handle the claim in its entirety for the other person whose property was damaged. The scenarios that become complicated, and this happens more often than you think, is when the at-fault party doesn't just damage one car, but two or three or four cars, or some significant property uh, that includes maybe like a telephone pole or a building. And so it's very concerning if you're involved in an accident like that because you have to now battle, if you will, or fight for your respective portion of the damage that your vehicle sustained. So I'll give you an example. Uh, driving down the road, um, at fault party hits three cars. Let's say the first car is a Ferrari. Uh, the next uh, vehicle is a Pinto, and the third car is a Camry. Well, they all have different damages, but because the Ferrari was the first one hit, it has the most significant. And so $10,000 is not going to protect you if that's what you purchased, and you're the at-fault party because there's too much damage. Uh, the other parties will have to uh, present their claims, whatever damage they sustained, and they will receive a pro rata share of the $10,000, depending on the percent of, percentage of damage uh, that they sustain to their vehicle or property. So what you definitely need to do now is consider a different coverage. And we're gonna talk about that in the next segment. That's collision coverage. Okay, collision coverage. That is what it means. You have a collision and that might involve not just another vehicle, but a collision with any other object, whether that be a tree, a pole, a bench. And the way it works is, is you have the accident, whether it's with another vehicle or not, and you contact your own insurance company and report the claim, and you present the property damage that you've sustained to your vehicle under that coverage. Most collision coverages are sold with a deductible, meaning you have an obligation at the beginning, whether it be $100 or $250 or $500 or $1,000, uh, you're responsible for that first portion, and then the insurance will pay over and above that. So, for example, if you have $1,000 in damage, but you have a $250 deductible, your insurance company will require that the uh, 250 comes from you and then they will pay the 750 or $750 difference towards the repairs of the vehicle. Um, that also applies if the vehicle is totaled. So again, let's say the vehicle is worth $10,000. You had a $250 deductible. 
you would receive, assuming the insurance company agrees with the evaluation of $10,000, uh, $9,750. If you have a bank involved with that vehicle and that you have a loan, uh, the loan will be paid first. And if there is anything uh, left over, once the loan is paid, that amount would be given to you. Now, with property damage claims, they do incorporate uh, sales tax. So the vehicle is worth a certain amount at market value. If there's been any betterment to the vehicle, that means you've done something to modify it to increase its value. That's considered taxes, uh, tag replacement, and things like that. So when you property damage is uh, a bit more involved because there's a few more components, but essentially uh, the total value uh, will be paid to you minus your deductible that you agreed to purchase, by the way, at the inception of the policy. So essentially that's how a collision coverage claim is handled and how it's broken down. In addition to collision coverage, auto insurance policies afford comprehensive coverage. And this tends to throw a lot of people off uh, because they're confused by the collision and the comprehensive. But let's make it very clear. Comprehensive coverage covers losses that involve an act of God. For example, a tree branch falls on your vehicle. That would be a comprehensive claim. A stolen vehicle would require comprehensive coverage in order for you to be compensated. So if, you, if your car is stolen and you don't have comprehensive coverage, you won't get reimbursed for that vehicle. And so this is one of the requirements when you uh, purchase a car and the lender requires certain coverages, comprehensive is gonna be one of those so that if the vehicle is damaged or destroyed, they, as the lien holder, will be paid uh, as much as the policy affords for that. Now, there, that's an interesting point. Let me clarify it. With comprehensive coverage, it's to the value of the vehicle. There is no cap. So that's a little bit different than the property damage coverage that I discussed a little earlier in this podcast. So again, comprehensive coverage in summary is for acts of God. The deductible applies just like it did in the example with collision coverage. But if you don't have comprehensive coverage and your vehicle is stolen, you will not be able to be compensated. Um, as a side note, with regard to stolen vehicles, if your vehicle is stolen and it injures or damages uh, somebody or damages their property, you are not responsible for those actions and your insurance will not be responsible to pay any claims associated with the stolen vehicle. I have seen in my experience uh, people, because they don't want to get in trouble, uh, leave a car at a scene, claim that it was stolen when it really wasn't. Uh, and unfortunately, what they really end up doing is getting themselves in a lot of trouble because reporting the vehicle stolen um, and that being a false reporting gets you in trouble with law enforcement. It is a felony. And so we don't, uh, I'd strongly, strongly recommend that people really consider uh, their consequences by lying to law enforcement. Do not do that. It's not worth it. It's never worth it to uh, commit a crime.
So the next subject will be personal injury protection or PIP, also known as Florida no fault coverage. We are one of the few remaining states and possibly the last state that still has this type of coverage. This is the coverage that allows us to get medical treatment and have it paid by our own company despite whoever caused the accident. And this seems to throw a lot of people off because the first reaction to many of the people that we meet is, I didn't cause the accident, so why is my insurance required to get involved? And secondarily, is this gonna cause me to see increases in my insurance premium or am I gonna get dropped? So let's put some clarification to this because like I said, it has been a confusing thing for many of our clients in the past. Number one, you have to purchase PIP coverage under Florida law. It comes with the policy, that along with property damage. So the two coverages that are seen on every policy, even the least expensive one is called a PD or property damage and PIP, PIP, personal injury protection, policy. Uh, those are the things that we see often and these are often sold by the lower tier insurance companies where people just want to get what they need to legally drive on the roads of the state of Florida. All right, so let's talk about PIP a little bit more. PIP, PIP, no fault coverage, again, all the same thing. It comes in the most common denomination of $10,000. Now, there are odd policies where you can purchase more. I've seen it up to $100,000. In some states, very uniquely, they have unlimited PIP coverage. So, um, let's just stick with Florida. 10,000, that's what most of us are buying. Um, that can be purchased with or without a deductible. So like I discussed in the podcast earlier, any portion that you decide that will be a deductible is gonna be out of your pocket first. So you buy a $10,000 PIP policy, it has a $1,000 deductible, you are on the hook for the first $1,000 in medical bills, then your personal injury protection coverage um, comes into play and it'll start paying your medical bills. The next thing that confuses people about PIP coverage other than it's $10,000 and that it comes from your own company is that it pays at 80%. Let me say that again, 80%. And so you go to a physician or a urgent care or whatever facility, let's say the bill is $1,000 for purposes of this example, it will be submitted to your own auto insurance, regardless of who's at fault, and they will review it and pay it at 80%. Uh, they do review the bills to see if they are reasonable and customary bills, and if for some reason the adjuster handling your PIP claim thinks that the bill is beyond what is normal, reasonable, customary, uh, they can apply uh, reductions to that bill and then pay it at 80%. But what that means to you is that the 20% that's unpaid is an out-of-pocket expense. And so the question becomes, who's going to pay that? And ultimately, it's the at-fault party or the at-fault party's insurance. And what I see sometimes is when people report claims and try to handle them themselves, handle them themselves, 
is that the opposing insurance company, the at-fault party's insurance says, hey, listen, don't worry, we'll take care of your outstanding bills and resolve your claim. Well, that's just one small portion of their obligation to you as an injured party. Clearly, it depends on the significance of your injuries, the extent of medical bills, future need of care, lost income, and many other components. But uh, long story short, and sticking with the PIP discussion, your PIP will cover you up to $10,000. It will pay at 80%. And once you use up 10,000, it will be exhausted. And so if you happen to have a very expensive emergency room visit, which is becoming more the norm, regrettably, it's possible that you could expend all of that PIP money of $10,000 at your first visit at the emergency room. And so this leaves people in a predicament if they need ongoing care outside of that. Uh, for example, chiropractic, massage, um, any medical doctor you can think of. And again, all these people would be paid by PIP coverage if there's PIP remaining. So I caution people uh, when getting medical attention, understand that the auto insurance, the PIP is primary, which means it will be billed first until it is used up. I tell my clients, use that PIP money wisely. It is your money to get better, to find out what's wrong with you. And in addition to medical bills, PIP coverage, will also help compensate you for lost income with the right documentation. So yes, the medical bills can be addressed, but let's say you miss a week of work. Well, you can submit a claim for lost income in the past by providing them with the necessary forms. They are normally called a wage and salary verification form. And they'll also need, the adjuster will also need in order to pay you or consider paying you confirmation from from a medical provider uh, indicating a specific disability period, whether it be a day, a week, a month, and uh, they will correspond with the physician or physician's office to confirm that and the documentation will be provided. So a lot of information here regarding PIP, it covers bills, it covers wages. It also covers, in addition to that, if you need them, household um, expenses, if you have to hire someone to help you with uh, the lawn with housekeeping and things like that. Obviously, all the necessary documentation as to what you were billed, how much you paid, and how you paid them will be required by the PIP adjuster. And so that can be submitted, again, paid at 80%. Uh, this would also apply to prescriptions, any type of crutches or things like that uh, that might be necessary in your recovery. So that is PIP coverage. In our practice, we regularly obtain a log or a breakdown of what was submitted and what was paid by PIP to keep our clients informed as to how much PIP has been used so that they can uh, work with their providers and get the necessary care and uh, be aware that anything that is incurred after the PIP is exhausted may be a personal expense to them that may later be presented to the at-fault party's insurance as part of their bodily injury claim. With regard to PIP, um, this is pretty straightforward, and uh, there are other components to PIP claims that we're going to get into in different podcasts, but at this point, I think that is a good overall breakdown for you. The next coverage that I want to talk about is medical payments coverage, and it is what it sounds like. It covers medical bills that are incurred. We rarely see
see it on policies, unfortunately. It is uh, obviously an added expense. Any coverage you purchase adds to your overall premium. But it is excellent coverage if you decide to purchase it, and I do recommend it. Medical payments coverage is sold in multiple or various, I should say, denominations. We see them most commonly in $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, sometimes $20,000. Medical payments coverage functions as uh, additional coverage that, that would pay the other portion of the PIP. If you recall, 20% of PIP, excuse me, bills paid by PIP are only paid at 80%, so there's a 20% unpaid. That's where this medical payments coverage would come in. <clears throat> and it would then also cover medical bills once the PIP is exhausted. So buying medical payments coverage is a nice added safety net because you never know, unfortunately, if someone who injures you has any bodily injury coverage. And if your claim is only gonna be for medical bills and they don't have bodily injury coverage and you only have PIP and you don't have any health insurance, the likelihood is that you're gonna be responsible for the 20% that was incurred. And that could be substantial depending on what kind of medical treatment you sustained, or excuse me, you incurred and injuries you sustained. So in a nutshell, I highly recommend medical payments coverage. It's pretty simple coverage. It, it functions uh, a little bit less complicated than PIP, but that it pays uh, directly and it pays at 100% up to the denomination of coverage that you purchased. Now I want to talk about what I believe is the most important insurance coverage to protect you and your family in Florida. And what I'm talking about is uninsured or underinsured motorist coverage. This is something that everybody should consider purchasing and really should purchase if their budget affords it. And I tell people that if you can review your overall policy, sometimes you can make adjustments on the different coverages you purchased or deductibles, and you can almost have the same premium payment but insure your family and yourself better. And I really wish that the old school way of buying insurance with an agent who took the time to appreciate your concerns and risks <coughs> would go through each and every coverage, the amounts of what they would cost, and work with their individual customers to get them the best insurance coverage overall. But regrettably, in the advent of purchasing insurance online or uh, in other ways, we don't see people purchasing uninsured motorist coverage. Uh, they don't really know what it is and how it comes into play. And like many of us, we're just trying to not pay all of our or spend all of our money earned on all this insurance of different ways, health insurance, auto insurance, and all the other things that we spend our, our paychecks on. But I will tell you, uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage is necessary. I wish it was mandatory, but it's necessary because in our practice, and I talked to many colleagues and read many um, different uh, articles and, and, and websites, most people in Florida are driving with very minimal insurance for bodily injury, if they even have any. And when we have these cases, the people that we meet and other lawyers that I know have met, we have nowhere to go to help our clients recover from this terrible event. So 
the way to protect yourself and your family, <clears throat> family is to purchase uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage. And basically, it applies to the circumstance. If the person that hits you has no insurance, well, then, then you would make an un, uninsured motorist claim. Clearly, you would have the medical bills and injuries to support that, but that's how you would present it. If they had some bodily injury liability coverage, let's say a $10,000 policy, but your injuries and damages uh, had a claim value of $50,000, then the remaining $40,000 that was not able to be addressed by the limited bodily injury coverage of the at-fault party would be a claim presented to your own company under this uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage. So uh, I will tell you that it has become more and more common that we see people being hit by drivers who are uninsured or underinsured. And so we strongly uh, recommend the purchasing of this uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage. And you should know, when you purchase your auto insurance coverage, under Florida law, the insurance agent or the insurance company selling you the overall coverages, the, the coverage that you're gonna buy for your vehicle, must provide you with a very specific form called a selection rejection form of uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage. This is a form that you should spend some time reading and understanding before you sign it or just click on it and digitally sign it online. Take a look at what it's telling you. If there's a default section already chosen for you by the insurance company, um, whether it be selecting or in most cases it's saying, I do not want you uh, uninsured motorist, spend some time to determine if you can fit that in your budget and try to select or purchase this UM, UIM coverage. It is not cheap, but it's not expensive. And like I said, if you can take a look at your overall policy, you might be able to make some modifications where you don't feel it in your pocketbook at the uh, end of the month if you're paying it monthly or every six months because you've maybe modified your deductibles or lowered some liability coverage. So for example, I see people come in, they have a $100,000 bodily injury liability to protect against uh, someone suing them or making a claim against them if they hurt somebody else, but they've done zero in the uninsured, underinsured motorist uh, category. So what I tell people is balance your policy. If you're purchasing 100,000 in liability uh, and you're purchasing zero in uninsured motorist coverage, why don't you divvy it up and do a $50,000 liability policy and a $50,000 uninsured, underinsured motorist uh, coverage on your policy. So now you're protecting against you injuring somebody else, as well as if someone injures you or your family, you now have what I call the UM safety net, a place to go to to recover for your lost income, medical bills, pain, suffering, all the things that the law provides for. So there's a lot more to talk about in, in uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage, but I hope that gives you an overall understanding and really the importance of reading it, looking at it. And as always, I invite your calls, emails, if you have questions about these coverages so that I can explain them better. We'll be more than happy to help you so that when you purchase it or want to modify it, uh, you know what you're doing and you have some understanding of it.
lastly, there are some what I call bells and whistles coverage. Uh, what I mean by that is, is some people want to feel comfortable if their car needs to be towed, so they will purchase some tow coverage. I think those are all pretty similar, but I would read the fine print to understand exactly how much tow coverage you have, how far it is good for, if there's a cap on the amount. So uh, yes, if you can afford it, why not? And you don't have it through some other means like AAA, I don't have a problem with people purchasing tow coverage. Um, oftentimes though, if it's an accident caused by another party, that kind of expense along with storage would be a claim presented under the property damage claim to the adverse or at-fault parties insurance under their coverage. The other bells and whistles that we tend to see is rental coverage. Um, certainly if you can afford it, why not? But again, I've seen it sold very differently by different companies. Some provide a total amount for so many days. Some provide a per day amount. Uh, it's oftentimes capped, very rarely is it an unlimited rental. And I will tell you just the practical aspect of it is that the insurance companies want to resolve the property damage claim quickly. Uh, sometimes it doesn't seem fair or the values are off based upon the client's perspective of the value of the vehicle and what the insurance companies come up with. And so they will cut off the rental, whether it's uh, your own company or even if it's afforded by the at-fault parties insurance. And then you're kind of in a pickle because you don't have a car, there is no rental, you need transportation. And so sometimes you will see a client be forced or compelled into taking something less for their car. Now our firm does not allow that to happen. Uh, we do apply a lot of pressure to get our client a fair and just uh, valuation on their vehicle if it is a total loss. Uh, repairs are a little differently. If you go to an approved shop, an insurance company approved shop, uh, and uh, there's a delay in the repairs, and normally the repair shop will get an extension on the rental, and so that's not a problem. But where I do see a problem is that our client decides to go to a shop of their choosing, it's not an approved shop of the insurance company, then there's a delay in receiving parts or in repairs, and the rental and the insurance company says, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna now uh, stop the rental, uh, even though you don't have your car back. So that's maybe a good reason why you want to purchase some of your own rental insurance coverage uh, to be safe. Um, but now I will tell you, uh, with, if you're comfortable using Uber and Lyft, I almost wonder if it's one of those things where you can just uh, either use another car, borrow a friend's car or, or that and, and not incur the monthly rental. Again, these are all personal preferences, but all in all, uh, that's uh, the bells and whistles coverage that we typically see. Well, that's pretty much an overview of a typical auto insurance uh, or of the different coverages. And where you wanna look for this is on something called a declarations page. When you purchase insurance, you'll, you'll see the different coverages you purchased, the uh, amounts of coverage you purchased, the applicable deductibles that apply to the different coverages. Um, you might see, and hopefully you don't, but if you see rejected where it says uninsured, underinsured motorist, I strongly recommend you consider selecting it and purchasing it. That will require you to contact uh, your insurance company or representative and get a quote and find out what that is. But if it says rejected uninsured motorist coverage on your policy, uh, certainly think about getting it purchased on there and uh, also if you need to modify the other coverages you purchase to make that happen. It is in Florida 
essential. Um, if you have a declarations page that still is confusing to you, that this podcast maybe raised some questions and you'd like to meet, I certainly invite calls or even appointments in the office at no charge for a consultation to, to help you better understand auto insurance. It is not something that we're taught uh, in school. It's unfortunately something that we learn through experience. Oftentimes, it's not a good experience. And so I'm hopeful that this podcast was able to provide everybody with a little bit of an oversight and a quick reference that you could even share with friends or family um, and help them to understand what's on the policy. And that's kind of my goal with this podcast and the future ones that I intend to uh, submit. I'm hoping, I think, to maybe give people case scenarios, general uh, cases that we have, so that you can understand what happened there and how things were affected by insurance, lack of insurance, uh, issues regarding liability, pre-existing conditions. There's a lot to talk about, but uh, I'll go ahead and let you guys get back to your normal day. Hopefully this was informative. And give me some comments. Let me know if there's something I can do better. Uh, This was done in my car, so I apologize if it's not the clearest recording. I'll... uh, try to do it uh, in my office or in my home office so that uh, it's a little bit better. But this was just something I thought I would do on my way to mediation since I had a pretty good drive down to Sarasota today. Have a great one. Be safe out there. And if you ever need anything, always remember we're at uh, hashtag injurycrashteam or injurycrashteam.com.